This episode is sponsored in part by Hopsy, the Keurig for beer. Go to tryhopsy.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG to get the sub home draft machine, two mini kegs of beer, two Hopsy glasses, and free membership in the monthly beer club for $99. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also brought to you by Hover, the world's greatest website to buy domains. Go to hover.com slash GOG to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hover.com slash GOG for 10% off your first purchase. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. What up, B? Uh, well, uh, the kid and the <laughs> wife have been batting cold around, and so far I had stayed out of the game, but uh, this morning I woke up fully engaged. So, Oh, no. Shitey. <laughs> oh no well if you're sick on wednesday when we're supposed to do our live 300 episode we might have to punt on that i do not need your germs yeah we might want to just uh, do that via maybe we can do video cameras or something we'll figure it out uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah i don't have high hopes because uh first the kid was knocked out for a couple days and then the wife got it and she's been knocked out for a few days and then she gave it back to the kid and both of them have been knocked out and i was you know being all Ha ha ha, I'm totally fine, and uh, <laughs> today I've got it. So, But I tend to have a stronger uh, disposition than uh, than my wife, so we'll see if I can fight it off quicker. Sounds like you guys are playing like typhoid volleyball. You got the ball, you got the ball. It is exactly what happens when you have a kid, and it's particularly when the kid goes into the Petri dish of uh, preschool. So, Yeah, especially in your town where they don't vaccinate. Uh, at my school, <laughs> it's a requirement. I made sure about that. You do not get into that school unless you have your full vaccination cards. Awesome. Awesome. So there's going to be a day that we're taking off because yes. every now and again, we need a vacation. <laughs> Pretty please with sugar on top. So there will definitely not be an episode on uh, November 26th when there normally would be one. The Monday following the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. Yes. Thanksgiving here in the United States of America. America. Yep. Yeah, not the Canadian one. Yeah, we're going to have turkey hangovers. So we're going to yes. say So no. there will be no Monday episode coming out as Dave Bittner and I will be spending time with our families and Jason will be cooking up a, a, a dog turkey, I suppose. Dog turkey? What the hell's a dog turkey? I don't know. You're sitting around with Bam Bam and, and uh, Pebbles or whatever the hell you know the other one. <laughs> Dino, yes. Dino. No, we'll, we'll not be doing that, but we will definitely be uh, setting up the Christmas decorations because that's what one does the day after Thanksgiving here. Not the day after Halloween. No, not the day after Halloween. Although I do have to admit that we have our Christmas tree up already because we bought one. Jesus. We had to get, well, we had to get a new one and we had to put it up to see if it works instead of sending it back. You know, it's like, okay, does this tree work in the, in the space that we have? And does it, does it look right? So we put it up. I'm assuming then that you do not have a real tree. You have a plastic one because trees tend to be trees and they work as they are because they're a fucking tree. No, yes, we have a we have a very pink Christmas tree with red lights on it. It is very okay. very LA. I've I've yet to cut down a tree and go, huh? This tree is defective. <laughs> yeah, I, I no. need to take it back to the forest. <laughs> Let's have the little elves fix it up for me. <laughs> right. No. So yeah, that'll be that'll be the day after Thanksgiving. But right. I I do plan to be stuck you know on the couch with my hand down my pants like doing uh what's his name from uh married with children going ed bundy. too much yeah, yeah ed bundy not ted bundy Completely yeah, that's different a big show. different big difference there uh and a uh, quick apology about the lateness of the episode this thursday or friday 
or whenever that no, Thursday, the Thursdays are when they come. I get so confused when we're recording well, and releasing. And you, you can explain the catastrophe that happened to you by all means. But in fairness to you, the episode was actually not late. Uh, you put well, it was in terms of when you post it onto uh, onto Libsyn and it goes to iTunes and all of that sort of thing. But I don't ever post anything on socials until nine a.m. Pacific time about the episode being out. And the only reason it was late for that is I assumed you were going to be really late, and I was on my bike halfway up to Malibu when you came <laughs> me at nine a.m. saying the show was ready. So the t- show was technically on time. Right, right. But I don't. The socials aren't when the show goes live. The socials are, you know, the nice promo bit. But when the show goes live, it gets downloaded to people who subscribe. And if you don't subscribe, you should. Pretty pleased with sugar on top. And then it's ready for their morning drive time because it usually comes out at midnight or twelve oh one on Thursday morning. But uh, I have an Anchor USB three hub that decided to go kaput, completely mm. kaput, in the middle of a save. Nice. And that save was near the end of, you know, a two hour editing session for the show. And I was so livid that I could not go back and do it again. So I had to wait till the next morning and just go yell fuck a lot around the house. I think I yelled it at you on Slack for about 20 minutes. Too. You did. And I muted you. <laughs> yes, I was very upset. Very upset. <laughs> so I replaced the hub and we're all good to go now because I couldn't get Excellent. any of my, my drives to work because of the way the studio set up, the hard drives are like way away from the computer. And right. it doesn't work to do stuff. So that and I was just pissed off. So yes. all apologies, everyone. How about a little follow up? I got some thoughts on self-driving cars. I've been thinking about this for a bit because these are coming. and We've got some stories about self-driving cars in the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got all these cameras on them. And I've been you know reading up on AI and facial recognition and all the crap that's coming out and just trying to get, you know, a little up to speed on everything like I always do every single week. And I was wondering if the cars who have the cameras and are the self-driving cars, if they can have automobile recognition and say, oh, that is a, you know, a Toyota 4Runner that weighs 4,800 pounds. This is a Civic. It weighs 1,800 pounds. And knowing the cars that are around them, then they could extrapolate from that and figure out what the average stopping distance of those cars is. Mm Mm-hmm to make it safer for following distance and things like that, to be around people in cars, because we know that we're not going to jump into self-driving cars on their own everywhere, ubiquitously out, out the gate, which is what you and I want. We're just like, okay, let's everybody trade in their car for a self-driving car. And then we'll just, you know, move on. Nobody has to drive anymore. But because I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm driving my new Tesla model 17, because that'll be the time when I can get one. And I got a semi tailgating me. Well, Mm -hmm. the, car should know that oh if i slam on the brakes right now what are the chances of that truck turning me into a smear on the road and things like that i was just i was thinking about how to make the ai smarter the you know the self-driving car itself smarter i don't think the issue is ever with regular driving though the issue is with emergencies it's with you know crazy swerving and drunkness and and all that sort of stuff it's the complete unexpected that uh, right. come out of nowhere where you know, even knowing the average stopping distance wouldn't be of, of any use. Actually, it would be of use because if you had to swerve in front of a car and, and hit the brakes, you would want to swerve in front of a car that is smaller and not larger. So you, I think it's just more information would make the car actually safer because, OK, I have to cut off this Civic and slam on the brakes. Chances of him hitting me are less than somebody in a giant pickup truck hitting me. And the damage will be reduced if I get hit by the Civic. You know, th- th- there's your trolley problem. You know, in a nutshell, as as far as 
that situation goes. I see what you're saying, but, uh, you know, I look at the Internet and I go, more information hasn't made the human race smarter. Yeah, but that's why I'm talking about machines. (laughs) I don't care about humans. We welcome our new driving overlords. Exactly. And I was also wondering, man, I wonder if they've built in license plate reading systems into these cameras yet. You'd think that they would, which is terrifying on a privacy level. Yeah, but, you know, if if it's in the EULA, your camera is sending images back to Tesla and it will be sending back to other companies out there. And Waymo's got, you know, other cars coming out that we'll talk about in a minute. And I'm just wondering if, you know, license plate readers on these things is just going to be de facto standard because i tell you what the one thing that would be good about that is it would make one hell of an amber alert system yes because we'd always know where everyone is at all times exactly (laughs) exactly uh, i got a problem which is the downside of it (laughs) yes (laughs) there's an upside and there's a downside i have seen minority report yeah go watch the car chase scene from minority report if you want to know what 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 good and bad can come out of it and I have you had a problem with the Tesla Model 3s in Santa Monica yet, Brian? Um, I've seen them around. I, I wouldn't say I'm having a problem with them yet. We're too deluged with uh, jump bikes and bikes and uh, bird scooters. The scooters and the bikes are the bigger problem here. They've okay. even overtaken the Pri. Okay, because, yeah, the Pri used to be the big problem for you. Out here in the yeah. Valley, turns out Tesla Model 3s have become the new Prius. Uh, I have almost gotten run over by three of the little bastards this week because you can't right. hear them coming and people are on their phone, not paying yep. attention. I'm out walking the dogs. They come around the corner, not paying attention. And I've almost gotten clipped three times this week. Now, yep. to be fair, I also almost got hit by a Toyota pickup truck, but that was because the guy was backing up and wasn't paying attention as well because he was also on his phone. Yeah, so. The phone is the common denominator here, but certainly yeah. there is something about these electronic cars that uh, people seem to zone out and think that they don't have to pay any attention anymore. But they, I mean, they're just so quiet. I can't hear them yeah. coming up behind me. Sneaky yeah. little fuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. Put some, you know, get some throaty rumble into those things. I understand, you know, it's better for the environment that everything is silent now. But for public safety, it sucks. Yes, it does. One last piece of follow up here. We covered the story about the couple who ran the GoFundMe account for the homeless guy that gave him 20 bucks when it was like his last 20 bucks. And they made yeah. $400,000. And then the, the couple got busted for spending all the money. Right. Well, <laughs> turns out mm-hmm. they were all in on it, and it was all bullshit. The whole uh, thing was bullshit. So hat tip to Chris Lockhead of the Legends and Losers podcast who sent this one to me. I, I skimmed it when he first sent it. I'm like, oh, we covered that already. And then I, I, I popped back up, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's the same one Chris sent. There must be some new news. Oh, shit. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> So. Yeah, so they just set up a page, and then they found some homeless guy after the past, and he, the, the husband, I guess, sent a text message to a friend saying the story was completely made up right after they set up the page for donations. and uh, Yeah, instant karma. Well, not instant, but that's a karmic retribution right there. In the news. Delay, deny, and deflect how Facebook's leaders fought through crisis. This is the new blockbuster piece on the New York Times that everybody's talking about. Did you get a chance to read this epic tome, Brian? Uh, I did. Facebook is having a no good, very bad week. Um, I'm willing to <laughs> Year. bet. I'll put down some money saying it's not going to affect them that much right now, though. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. People seem to be getting upset with the Facebook. The people are. People are. There's there's certainly true, but uh, it's happened before. It'll happen again. I don't see a lot of people ditching Facebook. Ah, I, I wouldn't know because I ditched Facebook. <laughs> I can't I tell you how many people <laughs> are leaving. 
Yeah, but, but, there was a big wave when you left, but I haven't seen anything come out of this New York Times thing yet. I haven't gotten any notifications about people uh, leaving or I haven't gotten any posts. I mean, some people have reposted the story and, and that sort of thing, which is, you know, ironic in and of itself, but uh, yeah. they're still on it. <laughs> Until there's an alternative, I don't see people going anywhere. So it's a market opportunity out there. I don't know why nobody's jumping on this. It is yeah. such a market opportunity right now. Yeah, but, the problem is moving that many people over. That's that's the issue. We've seen onboarding issues with other social networks. Yeah, that but you did that. So. Yeah, you still don't need to have all the people that Facebook has. If you do it like Neo Cities does, and you just get a bunch of people that are willing to pay a few <laughs> bucks, there you go. Yeah, Bob's your uncle. Well, if you didn't feel like reading the entire massive New York Times report, I think Slate did an excellent job of encapsulating it, and uh, I just love the title of their article as well. Facebook is a normal sleazy company now. Yeah, it's a great title. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So they said, thanks to some deep reporting by the New York Times reporters, we now know that CEO Mark Zuckerberg spent the year after the 2016 presidential election largely checked out and clueless about the monster he had created. Yep. Now, <laughs> I will say in his defense, uh, you and I could have built Facebook easily, uh, and we would have been just as clueless about the size that it got to. The problem that Zuckerberg had is he decided to stay CEO. I think you and I would have gladly taking our large bags of money and yeah. just spend, we're on the board and we're going to find somebody who actually knows how to run a company to run this thing. Yeah. And that is not what he has done. So, well, he kind of did. I mean, Sheryl Sandberg has been kind of running the show behind the scenes. She's the chief operating yep. officer and she pulls yep. the strings and does all the, she's like the, the bag man for Facebook. And until now, she has been largely uh, scandal-free and looked at as, as a you know, this is a great thing. She's written this wonderful book about empowering women. The woman is in charge. Unfortunately, this story shows that she's just as much of a sack of shit as everybody else over at that company. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of the same <laughs> thing. It's just So her job was to repair the leaks and do damage control, and she went into, I mean, she's a powerful woman with a lot of powerful connections, and she's gotten involved with some kind of iffy things, including a right-wing opposition research shop dabbling in the PR dark arts, as they call it. Yeah. Uh, so she's hired them, and she's played the political game, getting Senator, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer in her pocket, who got him uh, basically run interference for the company within his party to keep uh, investigations on the minimum. Um, the story goes on saying that, the, you know, I can't, we can't just, we, we talk about this all the fucking time. We know what the problems are with Facebook. And as we've said all the time, it is not a problem. Facebook is doing exactly what Facebook was built to do. These are features. This <laughs> yeah. is what it is meant to do. They built Facebook to do this. The problem was always the business model. The business model is the problem with Facebook, as they say in this article, is Facebook. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. So, and they say we are stuck in the world Facebook made. It was a terrible idea in the first place, but as long as advertisers, authoritarians, and Chuck Schumer protect it, Facebook will face little significant pressure in most of the world. All Zuckerberg and Sandberg need to do is ride out this moment, boast about making a good effort to clean things up, and keep the campaign contributions flowing, and Facebook will just be fine, and democracy will not be. And that's what they've been doing. They made a blog yep. post, of course. It's, you know, pull out the playbook. <laughs> what do we got to do? Oh, shit, we got a blog. Okay, here we go. Let's mm -hmm. blog. The thing that pissed me off about the New York Times article was there was there was a one small little note in there mm -hmm. about uh, Facebook quickly adopted the strategy to basically say that we're being the good guys. So right. what they did was they came out in favor of the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act, which <laughs> we know is a bill that has a fucking body count yep. because it is a terrible bill and it has let the pimps go run wild with sex workers and it has knocked back the sex working industry decades. 
all the progress that they made for empowering women and men to do their job that they want to do, it completely screwed things up for them and made people less safe. And if Facebook wouldn't have gotten behind this, I don't think it would have passed. So this is this is the one bit of this that really pisses me off. The rest of it is just business as usual. Yeah, you're a multi-billion dollar company. You're going to be a you're going to be a dick. I mean, that's how you become a multi-billion dollar company. They throw elbows in the NBA, you know, shareholder value. Yeah. I mean, this is this is par for the course. But, you know, the fact that they used the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act as a crutch to get their publicity back up to, you know, kind of pull away from the Cambridge Analytica stuff and all that is really just disgusting to me. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, the one good thing that may come out of all this, uh, even though I, I'm my personal experience is I'm not seeing uh, actual users flee Facebook, we are seeing some rumblings in the terms of Facebook employees, and we've seen what uh, how powerful that can be recently, just with Google and Amazon. So when your employees start to get pissed off, um, change starts to happen these days. As opposed to you know, since we got rid of the unions, now it's just this unorganized bullshit of people being angry. So uh, Facebook's turmoil has reportedly hit employee morale quite hard. Uh, under thir- 29,000 workers of the more than 33,000 in total at the company participate in a biannual pulse survey. <laughs> okay. Which takes place each April and October. In the most recent poll, just over half reportedly said they felt Facebook was making the world a better place, which is a drop of 19 percentage points from last year. That's a pretty good drop. Yeah, th- not so many people drinking the Kool-Aid anymore. Yep. Uh, 70% said they were proud to work at Facebook, down from 87%, which is also quite a big drop. And overall favorability towards the company dropped from 73 to 70% since last October's poll. Uh, workers said they plan to stay with Facebook for another 3.9 years on average, down from 4.3 in late 2017, and around 12% apparently plan to leave within the year. So you might see a lot of uh, people jumping ship like you're seeing with Snapchat right now. Yeah, they're taking their bags of money and going home. <laughs> Boo hoo hoo. <laughs> All right. So moving off Facebook for a little bit. Here we go again. <laughs> We've been doing this for a couple years now, and there's all every week there's an article saying, Yep, it's real. Your next rideshare could be driverless in as soon as a month. So theoretically, again, even though we're saying it's going to be at least 10 years, uh, Waymo is about to unveil the world's first driverless ride hailing service as soon as next month. They have yet to announce a new name for the project. Might I suggest Operation Bloodbath? (laughs) Nice. The service will be limited to a handful of authorized cars in a hundred square mile area across a number of Phoenix suburbs. Now, I don't know if you've been to a Phoenix suburb. I have uh, recently. They are massive and uh, well plotted out and new and in perfect grids and gigantic streets. So it's the perfect place to roll out something like this. I'll give him that. Yeah, but, you know, you can still... Uh, by accident run over people like uber found out which well that which will most likely happen which is why this will not be happening in as soon as a month and it's, it's going to be years years and years before you see anything like this in la see oh yeah in la for sure but the funny thing is you know five years ago we said it was going to be 10 years so yep. but if we keep doing this show they'll <laughs> eventually get it together that's true they will but it ain't going to be as soon as next month futurism.com it's in your name futurism it's going to be in the future. <laughs> the future. Well, what's in not the in the future? 2000. <laughs> what's not in the future is Lime is going into the car sharing service. Can't they just stay in their own lanes? No. Nope. Unintended? No, no, no. The car nope. services are doing scooters. The scooter services are doing cars. Cats and dogs are getting along. <laughs> 
Cats and dogs living together. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they're going to basically, in Seattle, drop about 1,500 cars. Now, these are not like Zipcar, where they have parking spots that are assigned to them at different places, like shopping malls and gas stations who have, you know, spare shopping, or not not shopping places, uh, parking spaces. Mm-hmm. These are just going to be randomly left around the city, kind of like... Dockless car- cars. They're dockless cars, kind of like car to go and another one called Reach Now. And there was another mm-hmm. one... Uh, down in San Diego. That might have been cars to go. But um, the deal is 1,500 cars into a major metropolitan area. No, that's not going to fuck with parking at all. Or Yeah, this isn't like who's responsible for parking tickets? Who's responsible for if a car is left on uh, Tuesday night and street sweepings Wednesday? Like who Lime. do you get? Do Lime's going to have for to that? Be. No, or does Lime going to ding that? I would I would just go and get these cars and make sure I park them somewhere illegal all the time. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because we know they don't have any user reputation, you know, points going on for that. Free floating car share. They're calling it free floating car sharing. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's called Lime Pods. What's with the pod? What? Why? Why the pod? You know, we've got the podcast and listen to the potty awards while you're in your Lime Pod. Oh, now if they put grumpy old geeks in every Lime Pod, I would be okay with that. That's 1500 new listeners. All right. I'm in. (laughs) <laughs> but no no not quite so yeah this is just going to be a nightmare for seattle because i there are pretty small cars but yeah it's insane that, i mean dropping dropping 1500 scooters into cities caused chaos yeah you think dropping 1500 cars isn't going to see i've been to seattle plenty of times there are parking issues mm-hmm. yeah that's what's yeah. going to happen it's just going to make things they're not making the world better they are making yeah. things worse right now, Amazon has announced their their cities. They're going to be they're going to Northern Virginia and New York City for their for their HQ2s. And uh we didn't touch on it too much when it was going on, but the the idea that they were holding basically contests and and saying to cities what you're going to give us uh, yeah. to open up our thing there is is ludicrous and and people are coming out against this saying that you should never no city should ever ever agree to some kind of contest like this again. Um, what we found out is that New York will reimburse Amazon to the tune of $1.7 billion for choosing to put its business there. The state of New York will spend up to half a billion dollars to build Amazon's offices, just as other states build football stadiums for NFL teams, which I also have a problem with. The state will offer $1.2 billion in tax credits if the company creates 2,500 jobs. 25,000 jobs. Yes, sorry. Yeah. $48,000 per job of tax cuts, yep. which is probably... Like a lot of these people's salaries twice. I'm, I'm sure so that's twice the what their salary is. It's insane. Like yeah. this is ridiculous. Like Amazon doesn't need this. Amazon is fine. They can afford to do what they're going to do. All these businesses can afford to do what they're going to do. You want to give tax credits, give it to mom and pop shops to stay open. Yep. This is ridiculous. Virginia got a slightly better deal. They're going to invest a couple hundred million dollars in Amazon's new site and will offer $22,000 in tax credits per job. It's just, fucking crazy. It's ridiculous. It's, crazy. it's it's all so gamed. It's unbelievable. The rich get richer. That's how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. And that isn't even now. There's also a great article over on Slate. These are the outrageous incentives that the losing cities offered Amazon for HQ2. So they didn't even get it. This is awesome. Montgomery County, Maryland, $8.5 billion. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, $5.7 billion. Chicago, more than $2 billion. Atlanta, more than $2 billion. Newark, $7 billion. Columbus, $2.8 billion. We're giving you billions of dollars to come and, you know, make money. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. And, and the whole point is like, you know, we 
it, the, the only plus of an Amazon being there is to get the tax money and you're just giving them all that money right back. Yeah. No, that's the silly thing. Mm. You know, I, they've that's got, they've got warehouses everywhere now. They finally gave, given up the ghost on that. So there, there are warehouses just everywhere now. Yeah. And yeah, well, if you're going to do one day shipping, you have to have warehouses. Everywhere. Same day shipping for a lot of stuff. Same day shipping. Yeah. But the thing about this HQ two was they were going to pick one city and that was going to be the winner. And then they, they even did a, oh, we're changing the deal, Lando, <laughs> and <laughs> split it up. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. They're, they're crafty over there at Amazon. They are very crafty. They are. There's a reason that they're the one of the biggest companies in the world. Yep. Uh, the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission have subpoenaed SNAP in requesting information <laughs> about its March 2017 IPO. Somebody listens to our show, apparently, because we said these numbers were bullshit before they went to IPO, and now somebody there is finally getting on the bandwagon. That's exactly it. The complaint alleges that Snap misled investors with its use of, I love this in air quotes, growth hacking. We're using methods to make Snapchat usage look larger than it actually was. What do we say on this show? Analytics are bullshit. Statistics are bullshit. They cook the books because nobody fucking pays attention. And all of it means nothing. Nothing. So, yeah. Yep. There you go. Well, it can't happen to a nicer company. (laughs) Yeah. Snap is saying, of course, that the lawsuit is meritless and its pre-IPO disclosures were accurate and complete. We know that they aren't and they won't be. And, uh... News of the subpoena sent shares falling after opening bell on Wall Street on Wednesday. Shares were down now more than 4% at $6.40. Shares overall down more than 54% this year alone. Oopsies. Yep, couldn't happen to a nicer company. Now, let's go over to our original favorite uh, punching bag topics, crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. We even had a segment for a while called a... Kickstarter in the bulls! That's right. <laughs> Well, Indiegogo is actually uh, doing something interesting about this. They're doing they're calling it guaranteed shipping, which will okay. ensure refunds if campaigns fail. So the biggest problem with all these crowdfunding campaigns, of course, is that a lot of people, they aren't businessmen. They don't know how things work. They don't know how to do things like supply chains. They don't know how to get and some they, Sometimes they just take the money and run. But if a lot of these things never come to fruition and you're just out your money. Well, not anymore. Indiegogo is going to, they haven't really entirely figured out how they're going to do it yet, but they're probably going to hold back a good amount of the money from the people, which thus kind of defeats the entire purpose of crowdfunding, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, all of a sudden you're not getting the capital to do what you need to do, but they're going to hold on to some of the funds until the creator confirmed that they would be able to ship products on time. They're basically putting an oversight as a company. So I'm assuming that they're going to also take a bigger percentage now because that's going to increase the amount of work that Indiegogo has to do. We'll see. We'll see how this plays yeah, we'll out. See. But I mean, this is, you know, it, it's stepping back away from crowdfunding as as a concept, which is probably a good thing because it hasn't been working all that well. Yeah. I mean, it's it works for some cases, but for the for most of them, you barely get anything. And it's never on time. I want to I want a late fee for these people. <laughs> you know, when we had Zane Lamprey on, he told us that what, like ninety nine percent of uh, Kickstarter campaigns are late. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So Yeah, that 1% should get a bonus. Well, Indiegogo's definitely taking a look at it. They realize that there's a fundamental flaw in their business model, and they're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Airbnb, I'm not a big fan, but they did do something nice. They donated $5 million towards helping the homeless in San Francisco. They never took an official stance on Prop C, which is uh, the proposition that passed that uh, is taking percentage of a uh, company... It's companies' income that make over a certain cap and to put into a homeless fund, but uh, they are donating five million, which I'm assuming is tax deductible. Well, that's nice of them. Yeah. 
I'm sure it's going to be tax deductible, but it, who cares? I mean, that's good. It's yes. good it's for them. It's a move in the right direction. As they say in the article, it's a far cry from what some called the tone-deaf attitude a few years back when the company ran Dear San Francisco ad campaigns telling the city how to spend the taxes it collects from the company. Yep. Well, <laughs> better than nothing. Better than nothing. Yep, better than nothing. <laughs> Hey, you know, we we report we report on the shitty things these companies do when they actually do something nice. We're going to throw it in there too. Yeah, I mean, it's just so rare that it's, it's a fucking unicorn. It never happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. it's why we don't have a hero of the week segment. Yeah, yeah, it's just so random. And Comcast, one of my favorite companies in the world, uh, they're forced to pay refunds after its hidden fees hurt customers' credit. Comcast, what? Has, yeah, Comcast <laughs> has agreed to pay seven hundred thousand dollars in refunds and canceled debts for more than twenty thousand Massachusetts customers. To settle allegations that it used deceptive advertising to promote long-term cable contracts. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right. Hey, yep. that's what they do. You know, come that's on their in. business for... model. Yeah. The early termination fees were what really killed them. It's like some people had to pay up to 240 bucks to cancel contracts, even when they downgraded services to a more affordable package. So Crazy. it's like, we're still going to give you money, but we're not going to give you as much. So they just like, oh, well, we'll still take that 240 bucks. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. And some people just couldn't pay. And the, the problem was they advertised a $99 quote-unquote lock-in rate. Which didn't lock anybody into anything. Yeah, and it, they didn't disclose any of the fees for, you know, the equipment or the other crap right. that went with it. It's like, oh, $99, but you don't get a box. <laughs> Would you like a box? <laughs> well, that's going to yeah. be another $12 a month. Would you like, you know, installation? Installation's <laughs> going to cost you a couple bucks and things like that. Walmart. We talked about Walmart mm-hmm. recently. They're working with Ford on self-driving grocery delivery pilots. Yep. Okay. Or you just pilot programs to get uh, get their stuff in. They're working with Postmates, which is interesting. Well, that's a step forward. Isn't Walmart the company that was asking employees to drop things off on the way home? <laughs> they were. They were. Okay. Hey, Joe, All can right. you swing by the Smiths and drop <laughs> off this toilet paper? You know, I, we can put a pallet on the top of your car. The interesting thing about this is, I, I you know, Ford is... Going the the self-driving route, they've got a lot invested in it. Walmart wants it. Every delivery service wants self-driving because they don't want to pay for anybody anymore. And this is this is where things are going. You need to pay attention to this stuff because if you want to drive for a living, get over it. You know, a couple years, once these things actually do work, that that's gone. So everybody now is getting in on this. And that I think the thing about it is it might actually jumpstart some of the actual technology behind it because we've at least got more people trying and figuring out the problems. The other problem is they don't talk to each other because this is a competition. This is business. So, right. you know, if one one car company figures out a really good way to stay in the lane and the other car company figures out a really good way to not hit kids on their way to school, they, they don't talk to each other. So right. uh, that's one thing that kind of sucks. I wish there was an open source self-driving collective where all of these companies were putting all of their knowledge in, but I guess that wouldn't just wouldn't be good business, would it? That wouldn't be capitalism. No, it wouldn't. Too bad. And speaking of capitalism, we've got our next story, which is a hat tip to Wesley. It's, it's supposed to be a feel-good story, but I don't feel very good when I really read it. So <laughs> WeWork. We know, we've talked about WeWork a lot. This is the... Uh, uh, the it started in 2010. It's the global network of co-working spaces, which charges customers. We all know what co-working spaces are. And you only get four they, beers they, now. Yes, you can know the company that limited beer. It's the company that also to, issued a company-wide meat ban, citing environmental concerns. So its selling point is community, and its community is a people that uh, don't like to eat meat and can't drink a lot of beer, apparently. So okay. <laughs> they're very judgmental about uh, about what you can can and can't do, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but they're moving into something called WeGrow. 
It's a first foray into education. Oh, I thought it was into pot. <laughs> yeah, one would, I would have preferred that. They call themselves a conscious entrepreneurial school. That sounds very goopy to me. Okay. Inspired by the Montessori approach to learning that gives children the freedom to discover and choose their activities so their creativity and curious nature is preserved. They say the goal is not to create next generation startup CEOs, but so far... From what I've been able to find out, this stuff has involved uh, kids growing fruits and vegetables, then selling it in WeWork locations. Okay. So, and uh, Rebecca Newman, who runs this, is saying, we've seen kids do these things forever. Every time they're running a lemonade stand, that's what that is. Lemonade stands aren't part of fucking school. Yeah. That's what you did on your time afterwards. Now, here's where it becomes a real problem. They've opened their doors this fall after launching a pilot program last year. Currently, 46 kids are enrolled in classes from pre-kindergarten to fourth grade. The, cost, the school costs between $36,000 to $42,000 per year, depending on the age of your child. That's a lot of fucking vegetables. Say, <laughs> that's a lot. Of, so they say 60% of its students are receiving some type of financial aid paid for by WeWork. Okay. Here we go. Here's where I start to get really angry. <laughs> okay. Kids start every morning with live music followed by yoga and meditation. What? Time in nature and opt to take either Hebrew or Mandarin courses. They will also learn science, math, social studies, and language arts. The company has yet to determine what type of standardized tests it will incorporate to benchmark their progress. You'd think you'd this is not a school. <laughs> yeah, you'd figure that out before you open the doors. That's not a fucking school. Like, there's it's fucking hippy dippy commune. They're just charging money to do whatever with no oversight and no standardization and no nothing. There's no way in hell I would send my kid to this, much less uh, pay for it. Yeah, that's a lot of money to get like, yoga. I, that's a, that's I a very understand. expensive yoga class. I don't understand how it's even legal. You can just open up a school and not do anything and charge people for it. And do you really want your pre-kindergarten kid to learn meditation? Is that really what you send them for? I mean, out of all the things, that meditation might not be bad. followed by pure, you know, pure capitalism. Okay, let's. We're done meditating. Let's go make those fruits and vegetables and sell it to people. Yeah. Okay, you're making farm workers. Okay, that can speak Hebrew and Mandarin. I, so again, I mean, I think we're sp this is supposed to be a feel-good thing, but I don't feel very good. No, I feel kind of creeped out. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Not good. Speaking of not good, are you still into the cryptocurrency, Brian? Uh, I, I open up Coinbase once every uh, month or so to see if I still have any money in there. There's a, there's a trickle. Okay. <laughs> that, that, not, not what I put in. <laughs> okay, so you've definitely gone down. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it's gone down even more, I'm afraid. Bitcoin, as of this recording, I'm looking at it right now, Bitcoin is down to $5,533.86. And this is because of a big scare because of this Bitcoin cash fork that's coming. And there, there's just so uh, many people that get cash fork. Cash fork. <laughs> yeah, this, there's all these factions that are trying to do different things. And, you know, here's the deal with this. When, when I buy a dollar... Mm -hmm. I expect that dollar to be worth the dollar, give or take a few cents, depending on global, you know, cash fluctuations right. and, and things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, mm -hmm. I, there's not a bunch of nerds who are behind the scenes <laughs> going to make it just worth nothing the next day. And yeah, the Winklevi. Yeah. And it's just, oh, the Winklevi have to be crying in their their Winkle beer right now because, <laughs> yeah, uh, Bitcoin's price has fallen more than 12 percent in 24 hours. It got down to 5400 so it's on the on the rise again. But uh yeah, people are selling this stuff off. Uh, Ethereum is down, uh Bitcoin Cash is down. They're all down because of yep. these nerd fights. So, I put uh 20 bucks into Bitcoin, 20 bucks into Bitcoin Cash and 20 bucks into Ethereum. Uh my grand total now is $15.47. <laughs> 
<laughs> you should have put it into Twitter. You might have actually made something. Well, no shit. <laughs> I think I made four dollars. I put three hundred bucks in when we first started that experiment, and I walked away with like three hundred and four dollars after nice. fees. So I made right. four dollars. I got out when the getting was good. This episode is brought to you by Hopsy, the Keurig for beer. Brian, we finally won the podcast lottery. We're getting paid to drink free beer. It's all been worth it. Yes, five, almost six years of podcasting, and it's finally all paid off with some suds. That's right. Hopsy is awesome. They've got this sub-draft system that brings beer on tap to the comfort of your own home without the price tag many beer drinkers have come to expect. It's right there in your home. Well, see, for me, it's in my studio. I have it next to my desk, of course. My studio is in my home, so same, same. Yep, there you go. Have your own beer bar at home or your studio with the Sub, a countertop appliance that fits neatly in your kitchen, bar, living room, or the aforementioned studios. Yes, it fits very nicely, and it's very cool. It actually looks kind of nice, too. It's pretty neat. So whether you're a hophead, malt mouth, I've never heard that before, or a palate partier, you can enjoy a variety of beer styles from big and small breweries, which rotates monthly. They have a stellar selection of IPAs, which is the cool kid on the block right now. I'm sure, Brian, you know all the IPA folk out there. I do, and there's a party in my palate, and I want you all to come. Hopsy partners <laughs> with a long list of breweries and ships mini kegs to your home or office, but not yes. if you're at WeWork. <laughs> no, not at WeWork. You can't get, get, get a Hopsy at WeWork. So I got a stout in a porter, and we're, we're not allowed to tell you where we got them from because the cool thing about Hopsy is they partner with local breweries so you get fresh beer from local craft breweries. So all of the different places around the country have different partners. And the stout and the porter I got, though, were both excellent. And uh, next time, I am going to get some of those aforementioned IPAs for my next delivery. Yes, the, they partner with local places. So depending on where you are, that'll de that'll define what kind of beers you'll be getting. But they're all fantastic. I got, a, I got an IPA myself, personally, and a Kolsch. Can't uh, recommend the Kolsch's enough. It's uh, low alcohol content and perfect for maintaining that midday we work buzz that we always like so much. Just kidding. And the IPA <laughs> was absolutely fantastic. I cannot complain. Uh, both were fantastic. I've already ordered two more. They're showing up soon, much to my wife's dismay, but I'm uh, very excited about this. <laughs> That's awesome. And the setup for the sub was super easy. I just plugged it in, stuck in the basically the mini keg that they give you and like you wire it up and within a few minutes it's good to go not quite a few minutes you got to chill that thing because it comes out nice and super cold but if you pop those things in the fridge first it comes up super fast it's amazing yeah i had mine in the fridge because I, I always had I, I, it's beer it does not sit outside it's yeah you know. well i was in a hurry when it showed up so you know i plugged it in right away Ah, uh, of course you were of course you were <laughs> Yes, it's convenient. It's super easy. It's fun. It looks cool on your on your countertop. Uh, it tastes great. I mean, you know, you could go down to a bar, but why? It's just a bunch of millennials not drinking. Stay home. So if you want to try Hopsy, go to tryhopsy.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG to get the sub home draft machine, the actual machine, two mini kegs of beer, which is equivalent to two six packs and two Hopsy glasses and free membership in the monthly beer club for ninety nine dollars. That's tryhopsy, H-O-P-S-Y, dot com slash G-O-G, and use the promo code G-O-G to get all of that beery goodness for $99. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you in part by Hover. Building your own online brand has never been more important, and your online identity begins with your domain name. It's the foundation, the rock, the center of your digital persona, nay, your digital brand. 
<laughs> and buying a domain name for yourself and your passions is the first and biggest step to building your personal brand online. Your domain name tells your online community who you are and what you're passionate about. Web hosts and websites evolve as their brand website and hosting needs change. Keeping their domain separate from hosting gives users flexibility to choose the right platform for their business. No one wants to be stuck with a solution that doesn't meet their needs. With Hover, your domain name can be connected to any host or website builder with a few simple clicks. Separation of church and state is important there, people. It is definitely important. And the great thing about Hover, I've said it before. You've heard me say it before. I love Hover. It is the greatest website known to man for buying a domain. They've got no upsells and a super clean user interface. Best-in-class customer support team. You call, they pick up the phone, and they're Canadian, so they're not going to be jerks to you, which is important. And Hover Connect, this is a new thing they've got, which lets you, with just a few clicks, connect your domain name to a lot of website builders. It is super easy, and it's just, boom, done. No more trying to figure out, like, was that an A record or a C name record I was supposed to update? I can't remember. You also get personalized email that matches your domain to further support your online identity. Also, so you won't look dumb with that at AOL.com email address anymore. You also get free Whois privacy, which is always an expensive upsell on previous domain registrars, but it's completely free with Hover. 400 plus domain name extensions to choose from, including all the classics and fun niche extensions. So get started today. Go to Hover.com slash GOG and get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hover.com slash GOG to get your awesome domain today and get 10% off your first purchase. We love Hover. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in beautiful Maryland. Don't listen to Brian. He's never going to be doing the security ha intro again. Throwing <laughs> me under the bus like that. <laughs> Dave is also co-host of the new Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. What's up, Dave? Well, gentlemen, it's good to be back. Uh, lots uh, going on this week. Why don't we start off with the company we love to hate, and that is Facebook. Oh, As if more? we haven't been talking about them enough already this I, episode, but there is a security implication as well. Yes. The New I York figured Times. you probably yeah. had been. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's an extra long show today. Thanks yeah. to Zuck. I know it gets to be uh, redundant when you say Facebook had a bad week, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll see if any of it actually matters, but uh, here we go. The New York Times reports that Facebook failed to properly monitor how hardware manufacturers were handling personal data from hundreds of millions of its users. This follows a report in June that Facebook was not disclosing to users that their data was being shared with hardware manufacturers in the first place. Yeah, really, uh -huh. really puts that new portal into perspective, doesn't it? Doesn't it, though? <laughs> yeah. Here's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Here's the thing that gets me. You're already under a consent decree, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason that Facebook had to go under these audits at all was because back in 2011, the, F the, uh, the FTC put them under a consent decree uh, that they had to be externally audited. Mm -hmm. And so Facebook gets to sort of cherry pick who's going to do the auditing. Right. And even the people that they cherry picked came back and said, <laughs> uh, guys, this is not at all adequate. Yeah. PricewaterhouseCoopers conducted an audit examining seven of the data sharing agreements in 2013 and found that there was, I love this, the legalese is so fantastic, limited evidence retained to demonstrate that Facebook monitored or assessed the service provider's compliance with Facebook's data use policies. So even Facebook didn't read their own EULA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, just piling on at this point, but uh, I, I'm sure you guys probably touched on this earlier in the show, but... Uh, 
I, I just can't. It's it's what what kind of company is Facebook? I mean, what the the, the a terrible of, one? Yeah, a terrible but, one. Like almost all the other companies out there. That's kind of the thing. They're they're beholden to shareholder value. They are doing what almost any other company does, which is whatever the hell it wants. Uh, the main problem, as we discussed earlier in the episode, is, is their business plan. Right. Uh, they have a fundamentally flawed business plan, and they don't seem interested in changing it. Oh, but they're going to have an independent oversight group that they're putting together next year to you know help with oh, their problems. Great. I hope Ariana Huffington's on that group. She always <laughs> seems to show up on these damn things and doesn't do a damn thing. Oh, yeah. that would be awesome. That yeah. would be awesome. And Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. <laughs> FOOP. It'll be the FOOP <laughs> Oversight Committee. Right. So we've got one other data breach this week. Now, this is probably the smallest data breach that we've ever discussed on this show, but I had to because it happened to 1877 Cars for Kids. <laughs> and now, now that song will be stuck in your head all day long. I have to admit, I don't think I've ever heard this jingle before. Oh, we're oh, going to really? send it to you on a loop. Oh, It'll be I, on a loop. I went and looked at it. I went and looked it up. I found it on YouTube, and it is horrible. Uh, it, it, it has run <laughs> on radio stations and local TV stations here in LA for the last fifteen years of my life. Mm. I, I didn't actually know it was a it was a um, a countrywide thing until the story. So I thought it was just tormenting me. So I, see, I thought the same thing because I started to listen to WGN radio when I moved to Chicago, and it's every other ad. And that's right. the one that made me come up with the why I was so mad that I couldn't go lady in a tube mute for 10 seconds or mute for 30 <laughs> seconds. And then I had to figure out lady in a tube volume one. And then I would count to 30 and then I would go lady in a <laughs> right. tube volume five. You hum the lady Jeopardy in the theme tube, in your mind. One? Yeah. Lady in the tube set a 30 second timer. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. exactly. <laughs> that's kind yeah. of it. That's yeah, interesting. it's terrible, but yeah. Oh, oh, so they had a data breach. So basically Aww. their database was out, uh, ass out in the wind. No, uh, no, um, no nothing on it. And uh, people were able to get 21,612 records and climbing representing weeks worth of data. Like I said, this is a drop in the bucket compared to the breaches that we normally talk about. But I just needed it for the punchline and for the song and for the title for the episode. So I crammed it in here. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, uh, Jason, if you could use uh, Siri shortcuts to... Uh, accomplish what you were trying to accomplish there. If that, that I don't know if Siri will talk to talk to Alexa though. That's yeah, the real trick. Probably not. You know, probably but that's not. why I just wanted you know, lady in a tube, <laughs> mute for thirty seconds. That's all I wanted. So maybe I'll make my own skill. Right. Because now you, you can make your own skills. So I can just have it set volume to zero, set a timer, and set it back. You to realize the volume that we've was. talked about making a skill about seven thousand times on the show, and we've yet to make one. <laughs> You know, the thing is, they keep coming out with tools to make it easier. So once they finally get to one where I can Skills just... Skills as a service. I want I want a skill that I can just say the skill and then it just does it. And then yes. that's it. You know that's what those are called? Those are called other humans. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that now needs to be... Now we're back to, to mechanical uh, Turks. Maybe yeah. that needs to be a square on Grumpy Old Geek's bingo. Make an Alexa skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy in Philippines, turn off my Alexa for 30 seconds and turn it back on. <laughs> right. That's right. right. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Mozilla has released a privacy report on which holiday gadgets they think are too creepy. Okay. Did you guys get a chance to look at the actual page on Mozilla? I did. Yes. What I love is they start off at the top with not creepy. And then as you scroll down, it gets uh, a little creepy. And that a little creepy is only after 
six products and it's a longer page. <laughs> yeah. And then when you get down to the very bottom, it's super creepy. And super creepy is the Amazon Echo, the yep. Amazon Echo show, and that stupid little clock where if they took out the camera, I would buy in a heartbeat. There too. The Amazon home camera and another baby monitor called Freddy. Yeah. I've never heard of Freddy before. Well, I haven't either. You did, Jason. Yeah, because I well, have a baby. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, oh, it's another unsecured baby monitor. And then I went and I looked at the picture of Freddy. Mm-hmm. And Freddy looks like a little dog. He's a puppy. He's a little puppy with a little camera in his nose, which makes him that much more creepy. And they use a really <laughs> interesting stock photo of a baby to go to pair with that. The baby looks like, oh, my God, you caught me without my clothes on. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was just poor choices all around there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that the, Freddie uses a default password of one, two, three and doesn't seem to have a privacy policy. <laughs> yep. No, no security updates and no encryption. Nope. Nope. But it's probably twenty nine ninety nine on Amazon or something like that. There you go. Uh, thirty five ninety nine to forty five ninety nine, actually. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. So still cheap, cheap at twice the price. Yeah. Half the privacy. Yeah. And if you scroll up a little bit, then uh, the Nest Cam is super creepy. Uh, The Google Home is super creepy. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little dinosaur that I just want to kick is also super creepy. There's all sorts of stuff. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, for the most part, it's everything we've talked about on the show. I don't believe my Logitech cameras are in here for some strange reason. So, hey, I got a winner. I finally got a winner. There you go. Even though they're, they're still made in China. Yeah. Speaking of the Amazon lady in a tube, a judge has ordered Amazon to turn over two days worth of Amazon Echo recordings in a double murder case. Mm. This is interesting. Yes, it is. We've had this come through before and Amazon stuck by their guns and they're saying, no, we're not going to do it without a court. Oh, court order. Okay, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean that court order? (laughs) Oh, damn. Do we do we know how long they hold on to recordings? Do they eventually slough off? Yeah, that's the problem. I don't know. That was that was I had the same question. I don't know how long they hold on to recordings. I know you can go in and individually remove things using the app or, or their website. You but... can set visibility to zero. It doesn't say delete. You know, well, That's a good hmm. point. We are stuck with that again. You know, we yeah. should know all this stuff. This should be front and center information with these devices. Yeah, Amazon runs the biggest, you know, hardware system in the world. They've got more hard drives than anybody else on the planet. Them yeah, deleting true. something doesn't really, it's like, no, nah, we they don't have to delete They can just spin up another AWS, can't they? <laughs> exactly. We need to record more. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's um, uh, now we have two more headquarters, so let's just put some more hard drives in there. You know, again, I really think that there should be some, we need the legislation to to speed up here. We should, When you buy this device, not that you get a manual, but in the manual it should be, we keep these recordings for this long, et cetera, or forever, Uh and let you know how to delete stuff and and really delete stuff, like not just visibility set to zero. We should know that everything that we say to our ladies in the tube is being kept forever, if that is the case. Yeah. Dream on. Dream yeah. on. Yeah. They can say they delete it, but <laughs> do they really actually Isn't do that, it? I love that just the sense of defeat that we all just felt for a few <laughs> seconds. Like, we know this is never going to happen, even though it's it's a no-brainer and it should. And we all just kind of went like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, there are some companies, for example, um, 
I've heard some folks from Cisco talking about how um, they've uh, you you need to shift your notion of data as as not no longer being an asset but being radioactive. Right. So the collection of data is not you don't want to keep it around too much data and you're going to be end up being a super fun site. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Yeah. Right. So. I think some people are, they're at least giving lip service to that notion. But you're right. If I can, I think everybody tends to be a pack rat because, no, well, why not it's keep it around? Nature. Yeah. It's, and it's cheap now. In the old days, it was expensive. Now it's it costs nothing no. to keep this stuff. No, so. it's free. It's free. Yeah, and I just quickly much. fired up my, my uh, Alexa app and I'm, you know, you can go through your history, but it's individual delete. There's no like select and delete all. So, yeah. and again, like you said, Jason, it's probably not, we, we know it's not a real delete. It's set visibility to zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things they, they put in, or they pointed out in this article is that, you know, it's likely that they only have the actual commands that were given every now and then it'll pick up something accidentally. But yeah. uh, it made me think about, you know, was it, hey, lady in a tube, how do you clean bloodstains out of a carpet? <laughs> right. Yeah. So the fun part about that is, yeah, the 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 fake trigger word. If it thinks that it's the trigger word and it's actually not, then it still records it. Yeah, which is right. why some people have their you know their entire conversation sent to somebody else. Which is why I will never ever pair my contact list to my lady in the tube. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It happens all the. I mean, not all the time, but it certainly occasionally, I'll just be. Sometimes I'll be, uh, you know, reading my daily script for the CyberWire and all of a sudden my phone goes off and uh, the lady in the phone responds and says, I, I don't understand what you meant. And I don't know what what phrase I said that sounded like, hey, dingus, yeah. but uh, off you go. And yet my wife is still completely unable to actually ever get get it to work when she says uh, the right <laughs> word. So I, I love that. <laughs> right. Yeah. My favorite ones are when I'm just like talking to my roommate and I'm like swearing like a sailor and Siri will jump in and say, Jason, language. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's the They've creepy one. They've got a lot one. of somewhat cute things in there that they think are cute. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I had no yeah and remember the, one. the one, the undocumented one that I found was backup and it would like lower the volume a bit. On oh, the, nice. the Echo. It, it's it's an undocumented keyword. You can't do it. But I would I would say... Oh, it was, no, it was down. It was down. I would say down to Bam Bam to get off the counter, and then the volume would duck on my Echo. Hmm. It's really strange, the stuff that they have that they don't tell you about that's going on in there. But, I had one uh, last week. A friend of mine said to me, hey, what happens when you ask Siri this specific question? And so, and it had just, it was... Um, you know, when does daylight savings time start in the United States? So I asked, and she she becomes pedantic and says it's daylight saving time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the Bob, it's Siri. Yeah, so <laughs> she answers that, but on his phone, when he says that exact same per- phrase, when does daylight saving time start in the United States? And it responds and says something about, I guess the the British equivalent, right? And he can't get it to not say that and we're we, and he doesn't have anything on his phone set for that he's in the uk or anything like that it does he have, have the british the, voice going on because he does you can not. set different voices. oh yeah oh. it's just kind of weird so right how random yeah very random anywho well i picked this next article because i i love the guy who wrote the title 
What a crane in the ass. Bug leaves construction machinery vulnerable to evil command injection. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. U.S. CERT is advising some customers of telecrane construction cranes to patch their control systems following the disclosure of a security bug that could allow a nearby attacker to wirelessly hijack the equipment. And it's basically a replay hack. So you can, like, sit there with a recorder and record the the commands that are going to and from the crane and then just replay them with your own stuff built in but i just i love the title on that that was just so good come on yeah yeah and i suppose you know it points out that uh these being able to remote control a gigantic piece of industrial machinery maybe not uh, the brightest not not ideal (laughs) well in an era when raspberry pis and rf you know um software controlled radios are a dime a dozen these these things become can become problematic yep yeah, yeah. It's, you might want to put some encryption on that there, buddy. Yeah. Um, this next one uh, caught my eye. Um, a videographer has sued Adobe after losing what he claims is a quarter million dollars worth of data through a bug in Premiere Pro. Oh. Uh, this gentleman named Dave Cooper filed a class action suit uh, saying that basically a version of Premiere Pro came out, that it was buggy. And it deleted a bunch of his footage files. And what caught my eye here is that it deleted files that Premiere had never even touched. Ooh. So, yeah. So he had footage files that were in adjacent folders to where he's, mm-hmm. his Premiere projects were. And uh, somewhere along the lines, Premiere went in and deleted them. Now, how do you guys feel about this? Because there's a side of me, having having been in this world before, there's a side of me that says, well, <laughs> you knucklehead, where, there where are a lot of backups? lawsuits I should be filing right now. Well, yeah, well, yes. First of all, yes. Uh, we've all been first there. off. I, I, there, we have a class action lawsuit against iTunes. I can't tell you how many times iTunes <laughs> destroyed my music library. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Before so I obviously just there's, threw my there's hands something... up in the air and went to Spotify. But yeah, right. we, we're, yeah, where were his backups? Right. Where were we his all backups? know as computer professionals, if we don't have three copies, we don't have any copies. Yeah. And it's, if you claim that you have quarter million dollars worth of stuff here, mm-hmm. spend a thousand dollars on. Yeah. Several three hundred dollars. Petabytes. Yeah, you don't even have to spend storage. that much. Yeah, I, I'm exactly. betting he's probably on a Mac. He could have a time machine backup like I have. Right. I mean, it's exactly. not that difficult. So exactly. Uh, yeah. So to on one sense, I, I agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> on the other sense, uh, your fault, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's something in the EULA from Adobe that says if you boot this software, we are not responsible if your computer bursts into flames and the whole neighborhood burns down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're going to claim that. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if if they just settle with him to make him go away. Most or, likely. Or if they get their um, their class uh, status at all. Yeah. We'll so, see. But back yeah, up dude. your files, folks. Back up your back files. Back up your, you moron. <laughs> What's well, like we were saying earlier, this data is basically free. So I mean, base, data storage is so cheap. Yes. So back it up. Insanely cheap. I've got three eight terabyte drives here. They're all redundant sitting here on my desk and they cost $220 each. Yeah. It's ridiculous yes. how, how yeah. cheap storage is now. And that's why, you know, keep one in a fireproof box. Every now and again, I send one out of state. Yep. And I don't even have anything that's worth any money on these things. I'm just, <laughs> just a nervous Nelly. Yeah. These kids today with their data. Yes. God. So speaking of kids these days, Julian Assange is back in the news. Right. Oh, yeah. 
Have you guys have you guys seen this one? He has been secretly charged in a U.S. prosecution that was accidentally released as part of something going on with Robert Mueller. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Don't you think <laughs> that it got leaked? The WikiLeaks guy got leaked on. Yeah. yeah. And they're mm-hmm. saying it was yeah. probably uh, an errant copy and paste from a different yes. document. Yeah, I've proceedings. used that one. I've used that one before. <laughs> so, yeah. what are you going to do? I, you know, but now he know now he knows we're on to him. We're coming for him. That's the bad like, part about this. He didn't assume that, anyways. Right, but now it, he knows. Before he right. was just probably like sitting there playing with his cat, going, "I wonder if they're going to come for me." Now he's just like, "Oh shit, they're coming for me." Yeah. Right. Get your pack your bags, Mister Mittens. We're out of here. <laughs> I don't know where else he's going to go. Russia. <laughs> yeah, Russia's about it. He and uh, Snowden can hang out together. Oh, mm-hmm. that's that's like going to dinner with a vegan. That is the worst party ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. True that's that. Right. True that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, I think that about covers it for this week. Uh, it does. Doesn't it? And uh, we will not be speaking to you next week because we'll be taking the break for Thanksgiving. So I hope you have a lovely break. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you. Uh, Enjoy uh, turkey if that's part of your Thanksgiving celebration. I know it will be at our house. It will be for us as well. Yeah. Jason's a ham guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ham's good, too. (laughs) Ham's good, too. (laughs) No, nothing against ham. We usually do a Christmas ham, but uh, yes, Christmas and Easter is for Christmas. Our ham holidays <laughs> in our family, but uh, <laughs> but I certainly hold no no, uh, no ill will for someone who substitutes ham for turkey for Thanksgiving. And next a... week on our cooking shows, we'll be talking about our sweaty balls. <laughs> That's right. Here comes sweaty balls. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Ups and doodads. Lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. I love that Eddie Murphy bit. Long in, long in the past. But uh, there's a new app called Lemonade that I found, surprisingly, on Instagram. Okay. Lemonade is a site where you can go get renter's insurance. Mm-hmm. I don't have renter's insurance. I need renter's okay. insurance because the world around me has burned to the ground, and I was <laughs> terrified because the world around me burned to the ground, and all my shit was going to go with it. So mm-hmm. now I used Lemonade to actually get a renter's policy. It was really easy. I got the app. I put in a bunch of stuff and boom, I got my renter's insurance for like 30 bucks a month for everything I've got. Unfortunately, Bam Bam is not covered on the insurance because she is a a high risk breed. So if Bam Bam eats somebody, then I'm screwed. But uh, if this place burns down, then I get my money back, which I'm pretty happy about. It was a really easy site to use. I highly recommend giving it a shot if you want to uh, get some renter's insurance. If you are a renter, I... I always forget about it when I get to a new place and, you know, then right. I then something happens and I'm like, oh, my God, all my stuff's going to go away, <laughs> which would suck. So if you're renting, it's I mean, all my stuff, 30 bucks a month and I got a lot of stuff. Right, it's cheap. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a few things that set off some warming warning bells here. Maya, our charming artificial intelligence bot, will craft the perfect insurance for you. It did a fine mm-hmm. job for me. I don't know if it was artificial okay. intelligence or some dude in a in a. In a cubicle in the Philippines, and I, but and I'm not, I think I'd like a little bit more detailed explanation about how lemonade works rather than the uh, hand drawn pizza pie charts with a glass of lemonade illustrating their process. But uh, okay, yeah, but they're I mean they're an A rated yeah. company, so that's fair enough. That's good for that. So I would uh, it, it's very very clever. Yeah, and they've got the notarized documentation to to back that up. 
So there you go. well worth checking it All out. Right. Check it out. Now, Amazon has finally released their Alexa-powered microwave. And uh, Engadget <laughs> did a review in which they called it Ya Basic. Ya Basic. Okay. <laughs> ya Basic. So, yes, I, I, I don't understand why they would need voice control in a microwave. And the article, the, the review basically goes on to say that that's pretty much the case. You don't really need it. But uh, uh, it does save you from having to think about how long to heat up food for because it's got a bunch of presets in there that kind of know how to, like, defrost things or cook oatmeal or things like that. Um, the real thing it's pushing, though, is stuff like popcorn, because it obviously has a popcorn setting. And you can also enter in how much bags of popcorn you have, and it will tell you if it runs low and automatically reorder it, because it's basically just an Amazon dash button. Oh, that's how that, that's the sneaky bit. That's why they're doing it. Now, uh, I, I, I would, I, before you this continue, sounds ridiculous. I have one question okay. before you continue. Can I put in a cup of tea and say Earl Grey hot? That's all I want to be able to do. If it does that, then no. Oh. And they mentioned that specifically no. in the article because Damn. the guy who reviewed it had a bunch of English friends who drink tea and they have a preset for coffee. They haven't built one for tea yet. So oh. you just have to say coffee. Man. So you think that they would have thought of that right away. And I'm sure that will be an upgrade in the near near future. So you get the tea and you can do that. If I can't, now, that, that would have been perfect. That would have been the look, best the, selling point in the world. Come on, Amazon. The microwave in my house, my kid, my wife and I are pretty dialed in with kit, with uh, cooking and things of that nature. So the microwave is purely a reheating left, leftovers device. But I think that they're not marketing this towards you or me, Jason. We like to cook. We're older, etc. I think they're missing their target market by not also having an Amazon uh, Alexa-powered basic um, mini fridge. And you should be able to stack these things together like a Marshall amplifier stack. <laughs> yeah. These perfect. It's the perfect gift because they're super cheap. It's sixty bucks for the microwave. You make the thing. Uh, you make it a hundred bucks total for a mini fridge and a microwave that are Amazon uh, Alexa enabled, and it's the perfect gift for high school grads going to college for the first time. Yeah, like that's a no brainer, man. Yeah, uh, if my microwave can say you're out of you know Totino's pizzas. And, yeah. and order some more that's fine and even better if they put you know put like a Roomba type of robot with it they can take the pizza out of the fridge put it in the microwave put it back on the plate and put it in my greasy fingers and even better but you know that's yep. stage and the, two and the mini fridge can say you're too young to have that beer in there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> see perfect marketing make it paint them like a Marshall stack it'd be fantastic that's great now I found something else over on Engadget that I thought you might be really interested in this is the uh, Am- the Google Pixel uh, not the Amazon Pixel, the Google Pixel mm-hmm. cameras are coming out with a new camera mode that is a pure software upgrade called Night Sight. Did you look at this? I did. It's impressive as hell. I, we have like complete and total utter night vision photography now. Like it's unbelievable. It's, it's, how well it's it not perfect night vision, but you know the picture that she took in the closet with with no light and you can actually still see something. And the colors, yeah. You see the color. It's not. It's not like you know Paris Hilton porn. Yeah. It does a lot of stuff with, you know, it, it, it's taking in a lot of data and it does a lot of interpolation. So that's why it's a software update, because yeah. there was a thing a long time ago. I mean, in the 90s where they were taking World War Two footage from film and then just taking the still images and interpolating them into, together to make these massive high res images. You know, if, if right. the camera was stationary and you could see a bunch of stuff and, you know, it's like 16 millimeter or eight millimeter film. But with enough frames and enough noise, mm-hmm. you can actually generate a really sharp image. And that's kind right. of what they're doing here. And my, yeah. my thing is, who has Marmite in their home? She's got, a, she's got Marmite <laughs> on top of her Nutella. This is kind of gross. But the, uh, yeah, no, the, 
the photos are insane. The difference, the little slider, how you can like check the two. Very, yeah. very nice. I don't, this, this won't come down to any of my cameras because I've only got like a, was a seven edge S or whatever that one is. Right. You have to have the pixel. And um, have you, have you seen anybody with a pixel in the wild? Nope. A friend of mine, Kevin Rose had one and he liked it for a bit, but then dumped it. I don't know if he's jumped on the pixel three, but he said the other ones were uh, just too expensive for what you got. So, but this camera, right. man, I mean, I'm almost <laughs> willing to switch except the pixel three is really expensive. I'm sure that this uh, this technology will trickle down to all of our cameras. Eventually, eventually. Yep. And this one's interesting. Speaking of cameras, over on Apple Insider, they have a patent filing from Apple on putting in cameras in the watch band for the Apple Watch. Okay. Which, you know, I, I can see for the Dick Tracy side of it where you kind of want that camera. But the I think part of the reason that the Apple Watch is doing so well it's because there is no camera. We don't want cameras in our watches. We don't want these things because you know what they're going to run into? The problem that Google Glass ran into, you know? Yep. Uh, glass holes. Are you, are you recording this? What the hell's going yeah, on? Yeah, can you yep. you can't wear your watch into a, a locker room anymore, the bathroom, because you never right. know who's recording. You know, you want yep. these cameras to be seen. And, you know, yes, we can actually do hidden cameras pretty easy. We can do button cams and things like that, but you don't want to make them ubiquitous. That's really right. the problem. It's like if everybody's got a camera, then there's no privacy anywhere. And mm -hmm. yeah, okay, the, the light might come on, but we know we can hack those things. That's silly. So right. I think I think putting a and, and, and you know, this is just a patent filing, which they do all the time it, with things that yeah. might never make it. This is just one of those. I think this is a preemptive patent, but I just hope they don't make this. I really don't. <laughs> this would be a yeah, bad idea. <laughs> And I've been checking out OBS Studio this morning. Have you checked this mm -hmm. out? No, I've heard of it, though. Yeah, I've heard of it before, too. It's open broadcaster software because I need to figure out how the hell we're going to do a live stream for <laughs> uh, our live show. And uh, I'm just running up against a wall. But OBS Studio works with Twitch, so I can kind of make this work, I think. But if anybody's got like any good tutorials on using OBS or is, is, has used OBS to do Twitch streams with multiple camera setups... Or multiple inputs, like if Brian's in one place and I'm in another, because he's typhoid Mary right now, I would prefer him <laughs> yeah. to stay home. And he would obviously like to stay home. Because Topanga Canyon is still closed and he can't actually get to my house very easy. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah, yeah, these fires are just, they're, they're wreaking havoc out here. You can't go anywhere. The traffic is so bad. There are people sleeping on my street who have been displaced and still can't go home. Or, like up and down right. our street, people are out here all the time sleeping in their cars. So... All right, so let's yeah. figure out a way to do this over Skype. First. I think we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> well, it's a bummer. I set up all the lights today in here, too. It's, a, it's a turning into a nice studio. But, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching out to the audience for any help for uh, setting up OBS Studio. If you have any any you know history with that, I would appreciate it. And my last app is My Talking Pet. It's, mm -hmm. it's a $4 app that I got from the Apple App Store, and it's, you know, mm -hmm. My Talking Pet Pro. <laughs> mm -hmm. pro, pro. I got yeah. I got the pro version. If you go to uh, Instagram.com slash Bam Bam Roddy, you can see my first attempt with it. I took Bam Bam and gave her the speech from Taken One because why not? And if you have a pet, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not posting a lot of the ones that I make. I'm just texting them to friends because it's you know I can annoy them with it and they won't unfollow me. 
But uh, yeah, if you have a pet, you could probably do this with your kid too, Brian. I wonder if it would work on my toddler. I think it would. You just set up the face and uh, the mouth, and then you can just <laughs> record some audio, and then it does like you know the the mouth moving thing, and it's pretty cool for five bucks yeah. or four bucks. It's well worth it. It is really well worth mm-hmm. it. The technology is actually really nice. I got to say, they did a really good job with it. Brick a brick. Because it's that time of year, you might need some help. Over at Mental Floss, they have how to cook a turkey for Thanksgiving according to the experts. Deep fry! Now, basically, it co- well, well, that is popular, but basically it, it all comes down to the brining, apparently. So brine it, bitches. Although, I want to share my tip, I don't. I've started making a somewhat untraditional turkey for Canadian Thanksgiving. I leave the traditional one to my mom for American Thanksgiving. It's easy to put together. It tastes amazing with a slightly Asian feel thanks to the soy and mirin. So I've included the recipe. It's from Bon Appetit magazine. Mm-hmm. Bon Appetit. Turkey in, a, in the show notes, and I highly recommend trying it out. It is delicious. And as part of the same uh, issue magazine that I got, this has now become a staple in our family. It's the cornbread sausage and pecan dressing. It is delicious. I end up making it three times a year now. I make it for Canadian Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, and it's demanded at the post-Christmas get-together in Toronto with my in-laws. It is wonderful. So go check that out in the show notes. Huh. I, am, I might have to look into this. How do you get the day-old cornbread? You make the cornbread the day before. Oh, that sounds like too much work. I'm impatient. I want to buy, I want to buy my <laughs> you day You make old. the cornbread the day before. That's how one gets day-old cornbread, Oh, no, I don't like that. That, that. that turns it into, you know, 20... It's Thanksgiving. Put some fucking effort in. No, no. I buy a ham. I'm one of those guys. Closing shout outs. Sadly, Roy Clark, one of the hosts of Hee Haw, died this week. I'm a picking and I'm a grinning. I watched so many episodes of Hee Haw when I was a kid. I think I've probably seen them all. Were you a Hee Haw guy, Brian? A uh, friend of the show, Trent Hamilton, posted about this as well. It's weird because I think Trent is a bit younger than me. Uh, most of the people I saw posting about this are a bit older than me. I think I missed the Hee Haw thing by a couple years. Um, it wasn't really part of my growing up. I saw it a lot, um, like repeats at my grandma's house. But uh, it wasn't a big thing. Okay. Well, you were also in Orange County, which I don't think is really what we'd call hee haw country. <laughs> so, no. Trent's from North Carolina. I'm from the East Coast, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, all that that area. So, you know, we were we were a hee haw family. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to um, episode 124 with Johnny Cash, which is it's nice. pretty fun to go back and watch these. It was I it was a terrible show. But it was a fun show. <laughs> I mean, it was a really fun show. It was just, it was, you know, a variety show every week that, right. you know, was, you know, basically, you know, country music. And it was a lot of fun. And gotcha. man, these guys could, they were knocking it out every week doing these live, live performances. And Roy Clark could sing. I remember my dad had the Roy Clark How to Play Guitar book. And it was stickers that you would have to put on the frets. And then you could, it was kind of like playing rock band back in the day because right. you would look at the music and then you would just, you know, learn the fingering based on the stickers and based on the book. So Roy Clark has been in my life for a very long time and uh, it's sad to see him go, even though I have to admit that I thought he was already dead. <laughs> see uh, that app <laughs> idea I had like four years ago, yeah. dead or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought he was already dead. Uh, oh, well, I'm well, sorry to hear it until next time. I'm Brian Schultz. And I'm Jason DeFilippo, and I'm still a pickin' and a grinning. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 299. 
From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. <laughs>